so today we'll start with chapter six, uh, Deuteronomy. And there are 25 verses, and uh, we can look at it from the point of view of six questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, what should be our response uh, to the law that Moses uh, has been describing to us? And secondly, what is the greatest commandment uh, in verses four and five? And what should we do with the word in verses six through nine? And why can good times uh, become bad times, uh, which is the warning given to us in verses 10 through 12? And what leads to victory in verses 13 through 19? And how should we respond uh, to our children, which is the very last part of this chapter from verse 20 to 25? So we'll use these uh, questions uh, as a basis to go through the chapter and see how the Lord leads. Okay, so we talked about the Ten Commandments uh, last week from chapter five, and it's good to be reminded of the Ten Commandments because that would lead to uh, lead to blessing in our life, even as we saw in chapter five. So we talked about those Ten uh, Commandments. Uh, we should not have any other gods. Uh, we should not make any images. Uh, we should not take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, we should keep the Sabbath holy. We should honor our parents. We should, there should be no murder, no adultery, no stealing, no false witness, and no coveting or desiring what does not belong to us. In chapter 6, uh, Moses is continuing with the same theme of talking about the commandments, talking about the law, and what should be the response uh, of the people of Israel so that they can truly be blessed uh, in the promised land. So we'll read verse one, two, three. Someone can read. Yeah, yeah. So as we saw last week, uh, these are the commandments that Moses received from the Lord. And the Lord commanded him to teach uh, the people of Israel. So Moses is simply the mediator or he is the messenger uh, of God. And he's simply transferring whatever he received uh, from, the, from God. Uh, not just the Ten Commandments, but uh, later on we'll see the other laws and judgments that were also given uh, to him. Uh, as they enter the promised land. And in terms of the response, uh, we see that uh, we need to fear the Lord and we need to obey his commands. So that is a theme that keeps uh, repeating uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, obedience uh, will define our blessings. Obedience will uh, define our relationship uh, with the Lord. So Moses keeps uh, reinforcing that uh, in throughout the chapters. And when we obey the Lord and when we fear him, uh, we would also see the blessings uh, in our life. And here Moses talks about uh, extended life. Uh, he speaks about God's uh, favor. And he also talks about the nation of Israel uh, will continue to increase. And as we look back in history, we see that uh, the people of Israel, uh, they did not uh, obey all of God's commands. And we also see that the blessings uh, were taken back and they, did, they were not able to enjoy all the blessings that the Lord has uh, kept for them. And the same uh, warning is true for us also. Uh, when we obey the Lord, uh, there are definite uh, blessings uh, that are kept for us. And when we choose to disobey, when we choose to live a life of uh, rebellion, uh, the Lord will also take back the blessings or we, we will not... Uh, enjoy the fullness of his blessings uh, in our life. And in verse uh, four and five, so in chapter five, we saw the 10 uh, commandments. 
And in verse uh, four and five, Moses uh, speaks about the greatest uh, commandment. Yeah, so we can read verse four and five. Yeah. Okay, so Moses is talking about the greatest uh, commandment, and he is again uh, reinforcing that uh, we need to hear uh, what Lord is saying. And we saw that in chapter four, that uh, we do not see a God uh, in a visual form, but we are hearing uh, God's word, uh, which the people of Israel also heard. And uh, Moses uh, is telling them, uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. So they were entering Canaan where they had uh, multiple gods, uh, even as we see in India, uh, there are multiple gods, but there's only one God uh, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the greatest commandment tells us that we need to love him. And the quality of love uh, is also defined uh, in verse five, that we need to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our might. And we also see this uh, repeated uh, in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, where it tells us uh, we need to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind. Uh, it also says mind, soul, and strength. So heart is, of course, uh, the center of our emotions, our thought, and uh, intent, and what influences our decisions. So uh, that, and soul is the life of human or all that is within us. So that is why Psalmist says in 103 verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is uh, within me, uh, bless his uh, holy name. And we need to love him with all of our might, which is all of our strength, or we can say uh, to do it uh, wholeheartedly or with 100% commitment. So that is the kind of love that Lord is uh, expecting from each one of us. And that is the greatest commandment. And if you are able to obey this one commandment, then everything else uh, will fall in place. Uh, the two to 10 and every other law and things that are given in the scriptures will be easy to obey. And when we go to the book of Revelation, when John is writing to the seven churches, uh, we are reminded that uh, our love cannot be uh, lukewarm. So many times we drift away uh, from that uh, intimate uh, relationship with the Lord and our love becomes uh, lukewarm. It's neither hot nor cold. And the scripture warns us uh, when we reach uh, that stage, uh, we would also lose our intimacy with the Lord and he will uh, spoo us out. Okay, so that is the greatest commandment that calls for the highest quality of love. And the love is expressed uh, in obedience. So that's what we uh, read in the scriptures. And that is what Moses uh, is trying to reinforce that if you truly love the Lord, uh, it will show in your obedience, no matter what uh, it costs, no matter what the consequences, no matter how inconvenient uh, it is, uh, if you truly love the Lord, uh, it will show in our complete obedience. Okay, and furthermore, that obedience uh, will be joyful. It would be immediate. So you will not obey uh, complainingly or grudgingly, but uh, it is something that will come naturally. And it is something that you want to do. Uh, you're not being forced to obey the Lord. You're doing it joyfully and willingly uh, because you love the Lord, not because of fear or fear of uh, retaliation or something like that. 
And in John 14 and 15, it reminds us, uh, if you love me, uh, keep my commandments. So that is the true uh, test of our love. That is the true test of whether we truly love the Lord. And if we truly love the Lord, uh, it will reflect uh, in our life of obedience. And in 1 Samuel 15 and verse uh, 22, uh, Samuel says, had the Lord uh, great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. So he's comparing uh, the burnt offerings and sacrifices that are made uh, with the obedience uh, to the voice of the Lord. So oftentimes uh, it's easy to go through the traditions and going through the different uh, rituals or different habits uh, that we have. Uh, even coming to church uh, every Sunday could become uh, part of the routine, part of the tradition. But Samuel uh, reminds them that to obey uh, is better than sacrifice. So the true test of love uh, is our obedience uh, to the Lord. And King uh, Josiah is, uh, is presented as a king. Uh, it says, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. So the, the expectation is very high, but here we see an example of a king uh, who was able to uh, live up to that standard, who was able to live up to the expectation. And uh, the implication is that uh, even though it seems like a lofty standard, uh, it is not uh, impossible. Uh, it can be achieved uh, if we truly have the desire, and we can do it uh, by the grace of God. So when we summarize uh, verses 1 through 5, which was the question, uh, how, would, how would we respond to the law? Uh, Moses is reminding us that we need to hear God. Uh, we need to love him with all of our mind, soul, heart, and strength, and we need to fear God. And the second uh, question that we can see uh, from this chapter is, uh, what should we do with the word? And we find that in verses 6 uh, through 9. What should we do with the word? Or what should we do with all the laws that have been given to us? Yeah. Someone can read 6 through 9. Okay, so uh, here uh, to summarize, uh, it would be that we need to store the words or we need to keep the words uh, in our heart. And of course, only when it's in our heart, uh, we can teach uh, others. Uh, it's only when it is in our heart, we can apply it in different uh, situation. Uh, it's only when we possess uh, something that we can give others. So if you have nothing within us, then obviously we cannot share with others. So that is why we need to hear God's word and we also need to store it uh, in our heart. So that's why the Psalmist says, uh, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I may not sin against thee. So unless the word of God is present uh, in our heart, uh, we will not be able to use it uh, in different circumstances, and we will not be able to pass it on. So here, uh, Moses is reminding us that we need to keep the word or keep it in our heart. And secondly, he is asking us to transfer, or we need to teach or pass it on uh, to our children. Uh, which would be our first uh, circle of influence or anyone in our family or our community or our church, uh, wherever we are interacting, that would be the call for us. Uh, once we receive the word, 
we also need to pass it on. And here it says uh, it should be done at all times, uh, whether we are sitting, walking, lying down, or rising. So the implication is the word of God should be living and present uh, in our life. And in every situation, uh, if the word is uh, in our heart, if it is overflowing, then it will also show up uh, yeah, on all occasions. But if the word is not uh, present or if the word is dormant, then obviously uh, it, it doesn't uh, show up or it is not uh, transferred. And he also says that we need to be witnesses uh, of the word or we need to display the word. So our faith uh, should be a visible faith. Uh, we should not be uh, secret uh, believers uh, who show up to church on Sundays, uh, but during the week, uh, nobody knows that we are Christians or we are believers. So seven days a week, uh, our faith uh, should be on display. Uh, we should be as witnesses and our faith uh, should be visible to others. So he speaks about uh, the word being present uh, as a sign upon our hands. It could be like a wrist uh, in our, on our wrist and you should write them upon the posts of your house and on your gates. And we see that in many Jewish homes, uh, they would have uh, words uh, or scriptures inscribed uh, on the gates and even inside the house. So the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we keeping the word uh, in our heart? Are we transferring, it, transferring the word uh, to our children and to others? And are we also displaying the word of God uh, through our life uh, and through the way we set up things? Yeah. And going on to verses 10 through 12, so, so, so 6 to 9 was simply what should be our response to the word. We need to keep it, we need to transfer it, and we need to display it. And 10 to 12 uh, gives us a warning uh, when good times or when blessings can become a curse or when blessings uh, can become a stumbling block uh, in our relationship with the Lord. So verse 10 to 12, yes. Someone can read. Yeah, so here the warning is uh, when we are full or when we are satisfied or when all of our needs are met, uh, we should not forget the Lord. So when blessings uh, come into our life, uh, it's very easy to slip uh, into uh, a more uh, passive life where we forget to pray, we forget to read God's word, or the intensity uh, tends to reduce uh, when we are not facing any crisis. So Moses is warning them that they are going to a promised land where everything would be in plenty and they would enjoy a blessed life and they will be satisfied, but they should not uh, forget the Lord. They should not forget the roots uh, where they came from. Uh, they were in bondage and the Lord uh, delivered them in a miraculous way. So the good uh, blessings uh, that they are enjoying are because of God's grace. Uh, it is what we would call uh, undeserved uh, blessings. So, so Israel was a chosen nation, not because they were good, but simply because God chose them uh, in his grace. Uh, so all the blessings that we read about, houses full of good things that you did not fill, wells that you did not dig, uh, vineyards and trees that you did not plant. So we see that uh, everything was in abundance uh, once they reached uh, the promised land. And Moses was reminding them that none of that 
was because of their righteousness or because they deserved it. Uh, it was simply God's grace. But when they are enjoying all these blessings, uh, they should be grateful to the Lord. They should be grateful to the source where all the blessings uh, came from. And they should not uh, forget God. So the psalmist reminds us in Psalm 103, 2, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So we do that uh, often, uh, maybe once a year at Thanksgiving, we look back and thank God for all the blessings. But that is something that must happen uh, every day. Uh, every breath uh, that we take uh, is a blessing from God. And every other blessing that we enjoy uh, in this world is also a blessing from God. And the blessings uh, should not uh, take us uh, away from God. So if we have any blessings uh, in our life, uh, if it becomes a weight or if it becomes a hindrance or if it becomes a temptation that takes us uh, away from the Lord, then obviously uh, it is no longer a blessing. So it could be the comforts uh, that we enjoy uh, in this world. Uh, it could be the relationships that the Lord has blessed us with. Uh, it could be the work that the Lord has blessed us with. It could be our homes and so on. But if any of those blessings uh, become a weight, then it is no longer a blessing. And we often see that uh, in our own lives, that when we are facing uh, problems, uh, when we are facing challenges, uh, we tend to be uh, closer to God because we are spending maybe more time in prayer, more time seeking God's will. But when things are going well, when we reach the stage where everything is prosperous and we are fully satisfied, uh, we tend to neglect God. We tend to drift away from God. And there's a great uh, prayer in Proverbs uh, chapter 30, verses 7 through 9. Uh, it says, uh, two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food that is convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee. So here the prayer is simply uh, to have enough that will meet our needs so that you are neither poor, neither are you rich. Because uh, if you are poor, uh, you may end up stealing to meet your needs. And if you are rich or if you are full, you may deny God. So that is the same uh, wisdom that Moses uh, is also warning them, that they are entering a promised land, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. So they would be satisfied and they would deny God. So that's a warning also for us that the blessings uh, should not become a weight or a hindrance to our relationship with the Lord. And moving on to verses uh, 13 through 18, uh, he speaks about what would lead to a victory. Yeah, so you see the same uh, message is again being repeated that they should fear the Lord, they should serve him. Uh, they should not chase uh, after other gods uh, when they enter a pagan land because God is a jealous God. He wants 100% loyalty and we should not tempt uh, or test the Lord uh, and we should diligently keep the commands so that it will go well with us. So these are some of the things uh, that he mentions in verses 13 through 18, that we should fear the Lord and serve him, which is 13. And verse 14, 
uh, do not go after other gods. So there should not be any idols uh, in our life. And do not uh, tempt the Lord or do not uh, test the Lord as they did uh, when they did not have water and when, they, when their needs were not being met. Uh, oftentimes we saw that the people of Israel, they were either murmuring or they were complaining. So, so we need to trust the Lord uh, even when we are going through trials. Uh, we should not uh, test him. And we need to keep uh, his commandments and we need to do that uh, which is right. So that is the appropriate uh, response uh, to the word of God. That is the appropriate response uh, to God himself. And when we do that, uh, it would lead to uh, victories uh, in our life. And in verse 19, it says, to cast out uh, all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord had spoken. So God had already promised them that he is going to give them victory <laughs> over all the enemies. So we see that the victory that God is promising uh, is a complete uh, victory. He will cast out all thine enemies. And that is the kind of victory that God wants uh, each one of us uh, to enjoy. Uh, uh, he wants us to have, live a life that is a life of an overcomer not like partially overcoming certain things, but he wants us to enjoy uh, complete uh, victories. And we can enjoy complete uh, victories uh, when our life reflects the appropriate uh, response, which is to fear God and to love him, not to have any idols in our life, not to tempt the Lord, uh, to trust in him at all times, to obey his commandments and to do what is right, uh, as we learn from the scriptures. So again, a question to ask ourselves is, are we enjoying uh, complete victories or are we enjoying partial victories or are we living a defeated life? And God's desire and God's promise is that we should have complete uh, victories and we can enjoy complete victories uh, when our response is correct. So it's almost like a science uh, experiment when we do the right things, uh, the results will be in a certain way. When we do the wrong things, uh, the results will also be different. So the word of God can be trusted because uh, it is the word coming from God himself. And when God makes a promise, he also follows through. And the next one is how we must respond uh, to our children. So our children may have many questions. Uh, so here Moses uh, is giving a good wisdom uh, in terms of how we should respond uh, to our children. And verses uh, 20 to 25. Okay, so children are uh, very curious. Uh, they're always asking many questions. So they may have questions about math. They may have questions about life. They may have questions about different things uh, that they're observing in the sky and so on. So here, uh, Moses uh, is giving good wisdom uh, when children ask questions uh, about the law and so on. Uh, what should be our response? So children may have questions about why we should do things a certain way. Why should we have certain moral standards? Uh, why should we go to church? Why should we take baptism and things like that? So they have many uh, questions. Uh, so having questions uh, is not a wrong thing. But if we don't have an answer, then obviously that is not good. So as parents and as members and as Brothers and sisters, we should have answers uh, to the questions that children ask. 
So in this case, uh, he's focusing on one question, which is, uh, why should we obey God's commandments? So obviously, the children, they were not uh, in Mount Sinai when the commandments were given. They did not hear God's voice, uh, whereas their parents, they heard God's voice. Uh, they also saw the tablets uh, that were in the hands of Moses. So children uh, naturally had that question. Uh, why should they obey God's commands? Why should they blindly uh, follow whatever their parents are saying? Uh, is there any logic? Is there any rational uh, to what the parents are saying? So here Moses uh, gives us uh, good instructions uh, on how the parents uh, should respond. So firstly, he says uh, it is uh, God's commandment, and that pretty much uh, should settle it. So if the ch child is rational, if they are reasonable, uh, if they are obedient, uh, if you tell them that is what the Bible says, uh, that is God's commandment, uh, they will accept it as a truth and they will obey. Uh, but many children, uh, they won't, uh, they will still debate, uh, they will still challenge uh, that, that they are not satisfied with that answer. Uh, so they may need some more explanation. So here Moses is telling them uh, to also talk about the experience that they had with God. So it is not just uh, something that uh, that is seen in the Bible, but it should also be our experience. We should be able to speak from our experience how God has uh, dealt with us. So here, uh, in this context, uh, he's talking about uh, the way they were delivered from Egypt. So they can talk about the 400 years that they were in bondage, uh, they were in hardship, they were working like slaves, working very hard. But God, in a miraculous way, uh, he delivered them from Egypt and was bringing them to the promised land. And the gift of promised land, uh, it was not given to every nation. God did not say that I'm going to divide this world into pieces and give one land to every nation, but this was a very special land. Uh, it was a promised land given to a chosen uh, generation. And they can speak about, the parents can speak from experience about God's guidance uh, in the past, God's provision in the wilderness and how God protected them uh, during the 40 years that they were wandering uh, in the wilderness. And also that God honored them by calling them a chosen uh, generation, uh, a people of inheritance. So, so for the people of Israel, that was a matter of great pride that God called them uh, his people of inheritance. And the children need to know uh, that we are special, that we are unique, that God has chosen us, he has separated us uh, with a special calling. And also that, thirdly, that obedience uh, would lead to a good life, uh, it would lead to blessings, and it would lead to God's favor. And of course, the children uh, should be able to see that by looking at our life, that God's favor is on our lives, that God's blessing is on our life, and that since we are obeying God, it is leading to a good life. So obviously, uh, if we are living a life of disobedience, and if children don't see uh, God's favor in our life, then obviously uh, it is harder for them to obey uh, God's commandment. And finally, Moses reminds them that obedience uh, would lead to righteousness or a right uh, relationship uh, with the Lord. So this, uh, this is a good answer that Moses gives, I thought, uh, to children when they ask, 
why we should obey God's commandments or why we should follow the Bible or why we should read the Bible and why we should obey and so on. And in verse 20, it says, uh, when your son asks a question, then you have an opportunity to respond. So now it's open for all of you. What if your children, our children never ask us any questions? So in verse 25, he speaks about uh, righteousness uh, that comes through obedience. Uh, so that is in the Old Testament when we obey the laws that were given to them, uh, that obedience uh, would lead to righteousness or a right relationship with God. But when we come to the New Testament, uh, we see that the righteousness that we receive is the righteousness that we can get uh, through Christ, through the completed work uh, on the cross. So we don't have to work uh, towards righteousness. We simply have to believe uh, in the completed work. And I know Sharad is uh, doing a study on Romans uh, in the youth group. So uh, Romans uh, chapter 3 and 8 are good chapters to meditate upon. Uh, and you can do that on your own. And if you have time, we can look at it at some other point. Uh, how is the righteousness in the Old Testament and the New Testament different? So, so we'll stop here today, which is uh, what if our children don't ask us? What does it reveal? So these are the six questions that we saw. Uh, what should be our response to the law? Uh, we need to obey the law. And what is the greatest commandment? Uh, it is to love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what should we do with the word? Uh, we need to store the word in our heart and we need to pass it on and we need to display or be a good witness. And the good times can become bad times when the blessings uh, become a hindrance uh, to our walk with God. And what would lead to victory is again, uh, obedience uh, would lead to complete uh, victory. And this is where we stop, which is how we must respond to our children. Mm -hmm.